and welcome to the Not Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen, and uh, wow, okay, <laughs> let's just get right to this, shall we? Look, obviously, I had something else planned to talk about today, but obviously, uh, Tuesday gonna Tuesday, and uh, there's a reason why in the FGC, I guess we call it Blow Up Tuesday, and uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you guys, okay? Uh, I My sleep schedule is garbage. I woke up late today, and as soon as I checked Twitter, I noticed that the world was on fire, in particularly the world of Smash Brothers. And so I was like, whoa. So I basically took the topic that I had planned to talk about today, and I'm pivoting instead to talk about... Uh, this situation here. Now, uh, like I said, I woke up, found out about it, quickly grabbed lunch, came back, and now trying to process all this information. I don't have, you know, this is the kind of situation right now where I really, really wish I still had David on the show here because <laughs> he obviously can talk about this a lot more from a legal standpoint. But, you know, uh, what he would say is that uh, Nintendo, this is what the FGC is all about, right? We are always at the mercy of the publishers of the product. So, again, what if you guys are wondering what the hell is going on, let's just, like I said, let's just jump right into it. There's no even reason. There's one topic today. And so let's just talk about it. The Smash World Tour has been canceled at the last second. Now, the Smash World Tour was supposed to take place in a week and a half. It was coming up in a week and a half. So a bunch of people have plans. They have already purchased their travel and their hotel, etc., etc. And it had to be canceled at the last second by decree of Nintendo. Uh, and so, And also, the entirety of the Smash World Tour for 2023 has been canceled as well. Now, uh, the Smash World Tour has released a statement on it, and it, not even just a statement, but just like a full timeline of everything that went down. Obviously, I am not well ensconced in the Smash scene. If anybody in the chat you know, says, hey, let me... I, I'm good. Like, if you can find a person that of reputable, uh, uh, you know, uh, stature in the Smash community to want to jump in here and talk to me a little bit more about it uh, so that we can get a little bit more details from that side. I'd be totally down to get more people in here. But the statement that was released is very long. Well, I see some people in the chat right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um this is the thing, Lurker Spine. So like I said, this is the part that I wish David was here because David will tell you that Nintendo has every right to do this. We are all at the mercy of the publishers and just the nature of our business is all at the whim of these publishers. Nintendo, remember, even the day before Evo was supposed to start, uh, the one year that... Um, the one year that Smash made its comeback at EVO, Nintendo tried to put the kibosh on the event literally one day before EVO. And right, so there's a lot of that discussion here, Lurker Spine, but here's the thing. Again, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot to this story. The story is not... <laughs> the, the, the story is not... 
uh, as clean. I mean, there's there's been a lot that's been added to this. So what I'm planning to do here right now, and I know a lot of people didn't want to take the time to actually, oh, the tour has been going on all year. The, 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 the Smash World Tour event that was happening in a week and a half is the championships, is literally uh, the championship event. And uh, like, uh, I can show you this over here. Like, just literally yesterday, the Smash World Tour tweeted out that you know, this, the prize pool, 125k for Melee, 125k for Ultimate. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, let, let me, Blur, hang on a second. I'll get you on here if, you, if, if, if that's what you want to do. If you want to come in here and talk about this, I'll definitely get you on here. But what I want to do first here is I want, so a lot of people didn't take the time to read the message. They didn't take a lot of time to uh, uh, see what the whole entire story is. And a lot of people are running into this for the first time. A lot of people are, you know, TLDRing it. Like, explain this to me. Like, I'm a basketball fan or whatever this weird meme is these days. And so, uh, what I'm actually going to do here... Um, I don't know if this is cool. I mean, I hope this is okay by the Smash World Tour. I can't see why this wouldn't be, but I what I'm it's a very long post here. But I do want to read this basically kind of in its entirety. So this is going to take a little while for me to read this out to you guys. But I kind of want to do this because the thing about it is from my position, I don't understand the situation well enough. Right. And I don't want to make any sort of judgment. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong camera. I don't want to make any sort of uh, assumptions or, or anything like that. So what I want to do is read it straight up from the Smash World Tour's mouth. And that way you guys can see exactly what's happening. Uh, so you can understand. And again, Genki Chomp, like a lot of people are going to be going after Nintendo. But, you know, again, the way that this statement is worded, you know, Nintendo might not be the only ones to blame. But however, like I said, I want to make sure that I read this as straightforward as possible and not inject any of my own opinion into this just yet. So uh, I just want to ask the people in the chat right now. Are you guys okay with me spending the next 15 to 20 minutes reading this statement kind of in, in its entirety from beginning to end? I know from a podcast standpoint, this might be interesting to them so that you can listen to this. But uh, again, uh, this is just kind of what I want to do. All right. So Sultan Cobra is just saying, just read it already. So let's do this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people do not have the context, which is why I want to do this. So. Official statement by Smash World Tour, published today, literally just a few hours ago. And it says, it, for the introduction, it is with an unbelievably heavy heart that we must announce that both the upcoming Smash World Tour championships, as well as the 2023 Smash World Tour, must be canceled. Without any warning, we received notice the night before Thanksgiving from Nintendo that we could no longer operate. This was especially shocking, given our discourse with Nintendo the past 12 months. Since then, we have been working around the clock to take the proper steps logistically, as well as to prepare this statement with proper legal guidance. 
We are seriously grateful for all of the support over the years, and we are incredibly proud of what we were able to build as a community. In 2022 alone, we connected over 6,400 live events worldwide with over 325,000 in-person entrants, making the Smash World Tour, SWT or The Tour, the largest esports tour in history for any game title. The championships would also have the largest prize pool in Smash history at over $250,000. The 2023 Smash World Tour planned to have a prize pool of over $350,000. That being said, we are truly devastated that this is all being taken away. The impact the tour has had globally cannot be overstated. The amount of tournament organizers, competitors, and fans this will affect is hard to measure. We realized just how much we could expand our spotlight to lesser known regions as well as smashed world tour prize pools in 2023 and beyond, establishing a much healthier ecosystem in the community around the world. We believe this decision by Nintendo sets all of that back significantly, which is incredibly disappointing. Truly words cannot express how difficult this process has been. We had been preparing a one-of-a-kind event to crown our world champions, and we know just how hard the competitors have worked to get to this point. We were also projecting amazing viewership since the 2021 Smash World Tour Championships had the highest viewership of any Smash event last year. We even had multiple independent documentary crews coming out, both domestic and international, to cover this historic event especially with the storylines coming into this year with a full global tour with little COVID interference, the championships were going to break records and introduce so many people to this amazing community. On a logistics note, we will be reaching out to those affected by the canceling of the Smash World Tour Championships. As many of you know, we lost a significant amount of money in the first 18 months of SWT. This was truly a labor of love for us. We don't know where everything will land quite yet with contracts, sponsors, obligations, etc. In short, we'll be losing hundreds of thousands of dollars due to Nintendo's actions. That being said, we are taking steps to remedy many issues that have arisen from canceling the upcoming Smash World Tour Championships, especially for the players. Please keep an eye out in the coming days for help with travel arrangements. Given the timeline that we were forced into, we had to publish the statement before we could iron out all of the details. All attendees will be issued full refunds. The truth is, what makes this all even more disappointing is the approach Nintendo took in recent weeks compared to our discourse with them over the past 12 months. We truly believe things were progressing positively for quite some time. We had kept all of this progress quiet, but especially in light of both Nintendo's and their partner Panda's actions this year, we wanted to take the opportunity to write an open letter to Nintendo. As we don't know how much the higher-ups at Nintendo are even aware of the history and context of the last few years. In recent months, we have requested multiple times to communicate with them directly, but these requests were not granted. As a preface, we want to emphasize that there are some great people working at Nintendo who have been advocating for the Smash community and the Smash World Tour, even if it was not reflected in Nintendo's recent actions. Likewise, we have nothing but the utmost respect for Panda's teams, 
Panda's team, players, ambassadors, employees, and contractors, many of which are our friends and are truly incredible people and, to our understanding, had little to zero knowledge of the damage Panda caused behind the scenes in the past year. So Trini asks uh, in the chat, shouldn't this all been in contract to avoid this? Again, uh, this is something that uh, if David were on the show, he'd be able to talk about. But part of the contract probably is written in such a way that Nintendo has the right to cancel anything at any given time for any reason. Because again, that is the publisher's right. I don't know if that was in the contract or if, even if there was a contract, which I got to imagine there was, etc., etc., but again, this is just one of those unfortunate situations where we, we, we just don't know the whole story. So a uh, lot of reading here. I'm gonna grab some water real quick uh, so I can uh, make sure I don't dehydrate myself. All right. How we got here is the section of this, uh, of the, of this uh, statement now. Ironically, we thought there was a chance that last year's Smash World Tour Championships and the tour overall... Oh, dang, Super Arcade. What's up, Mr. Watson? Thank you for the gift subs, man. Appreciate it. Um, uh, we thought that there was a chance that last year's Smash World Tour Championships and the tour overall were going to be shut down in November 2021 after the Panda Cup was first announced. Nintendo contacted us to jump on a call with a few folks on their team, including a representative from their legal team. We truly thought we might be getting shut down, given the fact that they now had a licensed competing circuit and partner in Panda. Yeah, for sure, Mr. Watson. Take care and have a great holidays as well. Miss you, man. I miss you. <laughs> Once we joined the call, we were very surprised to hear just the opposite. Nintendo reached out to us to let us know that they had been watching us build over the years and wanted to see if we were interested in working with them and pursuing a license as well. They made it clear that Panda's partnership was not exclusive and they said it had not gone unnoticed that we had not infringed on their IP regarding game modifications and had represented Nintendo's values well. They made it clear that game modifications were their primary concern in regards to coming down on events, which also made sense to us given their enforcement over the past few years in that regard. That lengthy conversation changed our perspective on Nintendo at a macro level. It was incredibly refreshing to talk to multiple senior team members and clear the air on a lot of miscommunications and misgivings in the years prior. We explained why so many in the community were hesitant to reach out to Nintendo to work together, and we truly believe Nintendo was taking a hard look at their relationship with the community and ways to get involved in a positive manner. We went into 2021's championships a lot more confident, but we were still skeptical to take what they said at face value, given Nintendo's history with the community. We specifically held off announcing 2022 Smash World Tour at that event, per the request of Nintendo. The aim was to get licensed before our 2022 tour, 2022 tour was announced and, kick off and kicked off in March. During that time period of December to March, we continued our talks with Nintendo. For the first time, we felt like Nintendo was being consistently straightforward, transparent, and direct in answering our questions. 
We also began finalizing details of the 2022 Smash World Tour with various tournament organizers around the world, this time with more confidence than ever. However, we quickly found that many organizers were concerned about joining up in 2022. They told us that they had been told by Alan, the CEO and co-founder of Panda, that we were going to get shut down and we're not coming back in 2022. Of course, this directly contradicted our conversations with Nintendo, but we felt we could not defend ourselves properly to organizers because we felt that our conversations with Nintendo should be kept private until we had our seemingly imminent licensing deal. So, we decided to approach Nintendo with this very issue, explaining the attempted sabotage that was going on and our inability to speak freely. Nintendo was very sympathetic to our situation and reassured us on a few counts. One, they reminded us and reassured us that Nintendo is only looking to shut down IP infringement related to game mods and not the unlicensed Smash World Tour. Two, that the Panda CEO does not represent Nintendo and that they would have to have a conversation and they would have to have a conversation with him about his behavior. Three, they reminded us and reassured us that Panda's license is not exclusive and that they can see two circuits coexisting. And four, they reminded us that Nintendo's goal was not to gatekeep or trap the community and that license guidelines would be accessible and clear. This call again bolstered our confidence overall, not only in what we were building with the Smash World Tour, but Nintendo's approach and potential trajectory in working with the community long term. We were excited to invest more into that community. It was around this time as well in late January when we submitted our license application for 2022 after working with Nintendo to best meet their specifications. Unfortunately, the attempts from Panda to undermine the Smash World Tour did not stop as the CEO continued to tell organizers we were definitely not coming back in 2022 and if we did, we'd get shut down shortly after announcement. Furthermore, organizers were told that their individual events would also be at risk if they were on the Smash World Tour. A few organizers told us this directly as the primary reason that they did not participate in the tour this year, which was completely understood. We did not want organizers to feel like it would add any risk to be on the Smash World Tour, even if we believed that the behind the scenes, everything was okay based on what Nintendo had told us directly. Nintendo's response to our application came slowly, which did not surprise us. They reached out in March, a few days before our announcement, and we went back and forth on the feasibility of the scope, especially since our tour was global and Nintendo of America would have to coordinate with other Nintendo teams. We kept Nintendo in the loop of our announcement plans, but we understandably ran out of time for the formal license. Still, we relied on our other conversations with Nintendo and pressed forward with the 2022 tour. This caused our application to go into limbo and that a decision could not be made at this time since we did not have the full scope of our proposal sorted with Nintendo in advance. Again, we knew timelines were going to be difficult and they, that we were building something very long term. We discussed other approaches and ideas and eventually Nintendo recommended at the stage to apply for a single event license for our December championships which would also help to get the ball rolling to start working on 2023 with a much longer lead time. 
Uh, yeah, so, um, let me take a drink here. So, obviously, this is starting to, uh, have, oh, so see, I have a student who is going to participate here in San Antonio. He was absolutely crushed about it, uh, being canceled. Oh, I gotta imagine. I gotta imagine. This is, this is brutal for a lot of people right now. This is, this is, I mean, this, like I said, this is just not a small thing that's happening, especially with the championships happening in a week and a half, right? I mean, that, that's just absolutely uh, wild. I mean, how much has that just thrown everybody's uh, plans for a loop? Now, again, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more afterwards here, but let's continue with this here. I'm about halfway through this thing, so uh, about halfway through, but... Next section here, entitled Panda Cup. Around the same time, Panda Cup began heavily recruiting events for their circuit. The CEO continued to tell organizers we would be getting shut down shortly, and also added that any events that participated in the Panda Cup would not be allowed to be on the Smash World Tour. This exclusivity surprised us, not only because of our Nintendo conversations regarding coexisting, but also because we were not exclusive. And even back in January, uh, we were told organi we told organizers that they could be on both with zero issues from us. At first, Panda targeted events that were not on the Smash World Tour, including those who did not join because of the aforementioned warnings. A few of these events had broadcast deals with popular tournament broadcaster Beyond the Summit, BTS. The CEO of Panda wanted broad broadcasting rights to be included as part of the deal of the events joining the Panda Cup. Most of the events refused to break their contracts, so Panda approached Beyond the Summit directly to try and get the rights released. Uh, I do know about that, Lur uh, Lurker Spine. I will pull that up in a second. BTS had very little motivation to give up the broadcast rights for free, so they declined to get involved, causing the CEO of Panda to escalate things quickly. We were told he made a variety of threats to Beyond the Summit, including shutting down their entire Smash operation in 2023 if they did not eventually join Panda Cup. After BTS held firm, the CEO of Panda warned that they would get Nintendo directly involved, putting broadcast rights for all tournaments in jeopardy. Again, beyond the summit, uh, the summit has been a huge part of Smash, along with Smash World Tour, for the past couple of years. In the end, most events with Beyond the Summit broadcasting contracts chose to side with Beyond the Summit and did not join the Panda Cup after all of the turmoil. During all of this, we still kept an open line of communication with Nintendo as we prepare our submission for our championships event. We also expressed our serious concern about how Panda was talking to community organizers and their lack of ethics in how they approached Beyond the Summit. We felt a line had been crossed that could not be ignored. Again, we were reassured that the CEO of Panda does not speak for Nintendo and that they are frustrated with all the fracturing happening behind the scenes due to his behavior. We also discussed strategy in submitting our new application for the December event, including potentially changing the name of the Smash World Tour and if that would be beneficial. 
We cannot get into specifics of licensing requirements due to our NDA with Nintendo, but again, Nintendo was very helpful in the preparation process, and we were on the right track to submit again, this time with many months of lead time. We submitted our proposal on April 9th, 2022. After many events declined, Panda had no choice but to pursue events that were already on the Smash World Tour, meaning they would have to drop off the Smash World Tour mid-season to join Panda Cup. For many organizers, this was a deal breaker as they saw no reason that their event could not have points count towards both circuits. They were also concerned that more fracturing could occur. At this point, Panda was not left with many events for their circuit. However, at some point in April, the exclusivity rule changed and events became eligible to be both on the Smash World Tour and the Panda Cup. Additionally, multiple events were then issued Nintendo licenses very quickly after the events were publicly announced. This caught us by surprise because we were repeatedly told by Nintendo that this was, quote, was not possible, unquote. All of these instances were a great demonstration of the, quote, rules for thee, but not for me, unquote, umbrella we felt we were under. The Panda Cup was finally announced on May 26, 2022. Our communication slowed down dramatically with Nintendo, since at this point all we were waiting for were the next steps regarding our December championships and beginning talks for the 2023 Smash World Tour. Nintendo was very slow to respond to our many bumps, even though they were aware that we submitted in early April with the intention of announcing the event in July, giving more than enough time for a decision or a discussion on next steps using the timeframes they provided to us. We continued to push back the announcement for the championships in the hopes that following Nintendo's directives would in the hopes that following Nintendo directives would help our relationship in planning for 2023. After no response for months, we felt that we had no choice but to announce the championships in August. Nintendo finally responded and mentioned another event that their team in, that had their team incredibly busy, which is why there were delays. They were very apologetic for the long silence and said they completely understood that we had to announce. They mentioned that discussions had been much slower than expected and there had not been any decision yet. After continued delays in communication, we finally reconvened with Nintendo at the end of September, nearly four months after our submission. Nintendo once again reassured us nothing had been decided yet and apologized for how long the process had taken. They also reminded us that the Panda Cup execution relationship and the behavior of the CEO were all under evaluation and it created a very complex situation which Nintendo could not react to quickly. We raised concerns from organizers who were concerned about Panda being involved next year, as well as the future of the Smash World Tour. We offered to sit down with whoever else it may be beneficial to talk to, since there were many decisions, uh, decision makers involved at Nintendo, many of which do not have full context and may see us as, quote, the guys who announced without a license, unquote. Nintendo said things were, quote, getting out of hand, unquote, regarding the timeline and that they will try to get the conversations progressing again. We were frustrated, but we still had no concerns about operating the Smash World Tour, just about whether we'd be able to obtain a license and actively work with Nintendo on building the community. So, as uh, someone in the chat put here, Lurker Spine put it in the chat here, I am going to bring up a tweet from L Deep 
uh, LD here, who is, uh, as you can see here, uh, he is working with Beyond the Summit. He's one of the guys at Beyond the Summit. After this came out, you can see here three hours ago, he tweeted basically about an hour after this announcement came on. And he actually tweeted here, Alan spent several months basically running a protection racket telling TOs, including BTS, it'd be a shame if your event got shut down for being unlicensed in an effort to scare them into signing onto the cup. BTS will absolutely never participate in a circuit led by Alan. Now again, these are obviously thoughts and opinions of LD. Uh, I'm just reading them straight up, and he says, VGBC has been a pillar of the Smash community for over a decade, and as a fellow TO, it's absolutely gut-wrenching to see the SWT get rug-pulled basically a week before their biggest event ever. The damage is enormous, and we urge Nintendo to listen to the community and reevaluate the relationship with the Panda Cup and Alan going forward. And, uh... Someone responded to him and said, this is you confirming that the statements made by SWT about Panda's interference in Majors Correct want to make sure this is a clear confirmation. And LD says, yeah, I can confirm their statement about our experience with Panda is accurate. We reviewed it in advance. In advance. So again, all of this is corroborated by the Beyond the Summit team here. So we're nearing the end of this. Again, sorry, this is taking a lot longer to read than I expected. But again, this is proper for backstory here. The shutdown is what this, uh, in the next section, the shutdown. We were not able to reconvene with Nintendo again until November, nearly seven months after our application submission. At this point, we were only one month out from the championships, and we pressed Nintendo a bit harder on how things were progressing. They said it had been a very complex issue navigating the planning for commercial licensing, but they were very empathetic to us feeling backburnered, especially given the context of Panda Cup's messy inception and execution. Nintendo told us there are many decision makers involved, and some have been advocating very hard for the community, the Smash World Tour, and the importance of the relationship to grassroots organizers. We again requested an opportunity to potentially meet with some of the other decision makers. We were worried that they did not know the full context of what had taken place this year. Nintendo said they will see what they can do, that we should continue to meet regularly to discuss future planning. Finally, last Wednesday evening, November 23rd, again, this is November 29th here, so this was less than a week ago, literally uh, two days before, actually, one day before Thanksgiving. This is Wednesday before Thanksgiving. We had our most recent call with Nintendo. Uh, our Nintendo rep opened by letting us know that they are being asked to deliver the news that going forward, Nintendo expects us to only operate with a commercial license and that we would not be granted one for the upcoming championships or any activity in 2023. We received this in writing as well. We asked if they could clarify the reasoning for their decision. Initially, Nintendo gave us reason, a reason that seemed to be misinformed. And when we pushed back to ask for more details, Nintendo said they were unable to give any specifics and had to speak in generalities moving forward. 
This was very frustrating given everything we had been told all year regarding accessibility and transparency in requirements. It felt as though Nintendo simply did not want the Smash World Tour to continue to exist. At this point, we now felt we had been strung along this entire time. As a last-ditch effort, we asked if we could continue running the championships and the tour next year without a license and shift our focus to working with them in 2024. We alluded to how the last year functioned in that capacity with a mutual understanding that we would not get shut down and focus on the future. We were told directly that those times were now over. This was the final nail, this was the final nail in the coffin given our very particular relationship with Nintendo. This is when we realized it was truly all being shut down for real. We asked if they understood the waves that would be made if we were forced to cancel, and Nintendo communicated that they were indeed aware. Since this took place the night before Thanksgiving, it was incredibly difficult to process this completely unexpected bombshell, and we've been working around the clock ever since. Once again, we want to apologize to every single person affected by this, including the players, staff, contractors, organizers, and fans. We also apologize for any of those who could not who we could not communicate with these past few days. As you can imagine, this was an enormous decision that was not taken lightly, and we had a lot to prepare to get everything sorted. We did not want to risk any premature leaks. We worked to get this statement out as quickly as possible, and we will be in touch with all staff, contractors, and attendees regarding refunds helping with travel arrangement changes, etc. And so just to close this out, the last section, conclusion. To reiterate, we are incredibly devastated that any of this happened, and given the trajectory of Nintendo, we were truly hopeful that significant positive change was inbound. However, the way the last few weeks have unfolded, we are extremely worried that all of the progress has been abruptly reversed. We understand that we are taking a massive risk by even sharing all of the above details. Our goal is not to burn bridges or make an expose on Nintendo. This truly is an open letter. We genuinely are unsure of how much Nintendo is aware, and we are hoping they will reconsider their approach to the grassroots community. We all love this community so much and have tried to represent Nintendo well as we share the love with millions of fans worldwide. Nintendo originally communicated that their goals were to make both community and commercial licensing accessible and transparent in regards to requirements, like many other game publishers, and to not function as a deterrent to tournament organizers. They also made it clear that their goal was not to shut anything down unless violations were made against IP, utilizing game modifications and things of that nature. Now it has reverted back to being very secretive with no clear guidelines and a willingness to abruptly shut down the community efforts even after giving many, many indications that the, this would not happen. To close, we ask that Nintendo reconsiders how it is currently proceeding their relationship with the Smash community as well as its partners. We are always open to continuing the conversations and uh, conversation and we hope we can be a part of that solution smash world tour and yes uh pistol pete uh if you're joining late here the entire smash world tour has been shut down i don't know what this means for beyond the summit uh obviously beyond the summit was a major part of this 
uh, as well. Um, so I don't know if they're getting shut down here at this point in time as well. But this is a very, very troubling situation. Again, wish I had uh, David here uh, to be able to uh, talk about this uh, a little bit. Okay, so BTS had no involvement with either tour, but are they going to have to get official licenses as well now, right? Do they have an official license? Maybe they do, because I know the Summit has a lot, of, uh, a lot of clout like that, so maybe they do have that. But, um, again, any game publisher kind of have the rights to do this, right? This is, from a legal standpoint, this is absolutely within their right now every game you know has control over their property off of their uh like i said i wish david was here because he could give all the official terms and stuff but there's like these performance clauses and all these things like that but they have control over all public appearances of their property so they can choose to do whatever with it that they want even canceling an event at the last second like this. Now, obviously, a lot of events don't do this, and a lot of events do work with the community because the community, in general, does a lot of good for them, a lot of work for them, right? So in the case of Capcom, for example, for the Street Fighter, for the Capcom Pro Tour, you know, they work with a lot of these events because these they know these events do so much for the community and for the game itself, right? Like, I would argue that if it wasn't for, you know, the Capcom World Tour and all these events taking place, Street Fighter V may not have lasted past two or three seasons, right? But as a result, because of all the interest garnered by all the community and everything like that, um, Street Fighter V has been able to last six years and, in fact, right now is still you know, uh, a pretty popular uh, fighting game event, a tour event to watch. So, uh, Pistol Pete, uh, according to this documentation here, to this statement, uh, again, I am not going to uh, say it one way or the other, but according to this document, the CEO of Panda uh, basically wanted as many events into the Panda Cup as possible, and a lot of events did not want to join them for reasons such as giving up their broadcasting rights or being asked to be exclusive to the Panda Cup and not be a part of the Smash World Tour. When all of these events decided to side with the Smash World Tour instead, Panda Cup then, I mean, the Panda CEO apparently then uh, continued to uh, lobby that kind of rhetoric um, towards the events, and then all of a sudden Nintendo shut everything down. Now, this, yeah, exactly, Big for Lil Tekken is totally carried by the TWT as well. And so, again, one of the toughest things about this is that this is all set up right now to be, you know, a lot of people are angry at Nintendo, a lot of people are angry at Panda. We haven't seen any replies from Panda yet. I'm sure they're tr probably scrambling, trying to work on a counter statement or something like that. So, I'm going to withhold you know, saying anything conclusive or, you know, trying to be like, oh, well, clearly Panda's doing this or clearly Nintendo is da-da-da-da. But, I mean, like, this is a huge blow to the community. Honestly, this is a huge, huge blow to the community. And uh, the Smash World Tour, 
uh, has been such a strong part of the Smash community. They were saying the World Tour last year, very big uh, uh, and very uh, and, and very well well uh, received by the community and really has done so much in bringing the community together. Um, losing the Smash World Tour is a very, very big deal for the Smash scene. So the question is at this point in time, what is to be done while moving forward? Well, again, let's bring up the year that the Smash Smash Melee won the, uh, I mean, basically uh, won the final game spot at Evo during that donation drive. Um, and... Uh, so, literally, I live about a 30-minute flight from Las Vegas. Like, 30, 40-minute flight. Right before I got on the airplane to go to Evo, it was announced that Smash Brothers by decree of Nintendo, could not be broadcast at EVO. They weren't going to shut the event down, but it could not be on stream, it could not be showed anywhere, and basically had to just kind of happen in secret, in private. And this was after the year that Smash had donated and won their spot, and everybody was excited to see Smash return to, uh, to EVO. I got on the plane really distraught about this, and then when I got when I got into Vegas and landed and checked my Twitter, Nintendo had already reversed their their statement. They had already reversed their statement. All right, hang on a second, guys. Uh, they had already reversed their statement. So in just that short amount of time, already. Nintendo reversed their statement. So uh, I think that this is going to get similarly and probably even more public response and, and replies from people. I've already seen uh, Ludwig, uh, you know, uh, who's obviously just one of the biggest streamers uh, on, on Twitch right now, even, you know, talking and, and replying to that because obviously he came from the Smash scene as well. And so the hope here at this point in time is perhaps we can get a situation where uh, a lot of people can talk about this. And again, not necessarily by being toxic or violent or threatening or whatever, but oh, he streams exclusively on YouTube now. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I am not up to speed with all of the uh, the, the, the goings-on, uh, speaking of uh, exclusivity and stuff. Uh, but again, you know, hopefully that this can be something that can still be uh, reversed. Now, I know a lot of people are probably canceling their flights and their reservations and stuff already, and this is really brutal because, uh, again, this is a lot of money that people are trying to save and get back here. But, I mean, even if there is even a slight remote chance that we can convince Nintendo to reverse this because of the backlash that this will produce. Because, uh, honestly, Nintendo is not coming out of this very particularly well. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, look, Nintendo looks bad right now. This does not look good for Nintendo. And the amount of uh, the amount of uh, social media buzz 
about people not supporting the Panda Cup, not entering and basically boycotting the event is not good for everybody. I did not see that latest statement. Let me take a look at what uh, VGBC has actually said here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uncertainty regarding VGBC's future. Oh my God. So, okay, here's another statement over here. This time from VGBC uh, that says, it is with much regret that we announced that we must cancel both upcoming major VG, of course, uh, VG Bootcamp, VGBC Smash Events, Glitch, Duel of Fates, and Double Down 2023. Level Up Expo will still be running all of their tournaments and we encourage you to go to the show to, to show them support. We will have more details in the upcoming days, but we need to make an announcement as soon as possible. At the moment, our future is uncertain in regards to running major tournaments. But as of right now, based on our recent communications with Nintendo, we would be putting ourselves at further risk if we continued forward with current plans. We are hopeful that this does not mean we will not be running a major events in 2023, just that our future is, is currently uncertain. It has honestly been difficult to even gather our thoughts and put them into words. We have been racing around the clock to get our business in order and figure out our future plans while also rushing to get this statement out in a timely manner. We're currently navigating budget cuts, internal communications with our team and partners, commitments slash contracts, as well as sponsorship negotiations that will inevitably be affected by all of this. We want to apologize to everyone who this negatively affects, our team, partners, the players who registered and planned their schedule around our events, just everyone. To everyone we couldn't tell in advance, we also want to apologize to you. We had to get this out as soon as possible, and especially with the holiday weekend, we had minimal time to do anything else or communicate with anyone. To be totally transparent, we're still figuring out what we're going to do, but much of it is up in the air. We are hopeful things will turn around and we will keep everyone in the loop if any event's statuses change. So now it seems like VG Bootcamp was affected by this as well. So it seems like uh, due to them not being officially licensed events, man, this is a, a problem. Yeah. And so what's interesting about this is, you know, the, the, the repercussions of this, this does not look good for Nintendo. This does not look good for Panda Cup and any excitement towards the Panda Cup for the uh, community. Right, VGBC are the owners of SWT, of Smash World Tour, so they're the heads of it. So, uh, it's obviously, it's anything that VGBC is running is basically unable to run at this point in time. And so, again, uh, this, is, this is just, like, a lot of people are talking about, like, is this the end for Smash events? And for Smash tournaments, because if Panda is the only company that is exclusive to running events now, and the community is planning to basically boycott uh, that event, I mean, this is this is huge. And so, really, honestly, uh, you know, let's turn on James Chen 
Let's turn on James Chen commentary mode here. This is a really terrible decision by Nintendo. Like this does not help them in any way, shape or form at all whatsoever. Like there's no way that they couldn't have seen this coming here. But again, it's just, we don't, we, there's so many things going on behind the scenes that we're still not sure what's going on. And yeah, of course, a lot of events are going to still run their locals and regionals, but it's just that what's going to happen to the majors? Like, are they going to try to run and just hope Nintendo doesn't shut them down? Because Nintendo could obviously shut them down a week and a half right before the uh, event happens. And it's, it's absolutely uh, awful. And, um, you know, Endmaster says in the chat, I suspect most of the people that cared at Nintendo aren't there anymore. There's been a lot of turnover there the past year. Now that, uh, I have no, I have no insight. I don't know if there's any sort of like official word that the turnover has been big there or anything like that. So I'm not sure. And yeah, Genki Chomp has a good point. They are out of touch. Nintendo, referring to Nintendo, you see it a lot with Japanese companies. And that is true, which is why it's been exciting to see a lot of the turnaround in the FGC side of things from the Japanese companies, you know, with the round tables, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Trini does say in the chat, Nintendo is too big to fail. Yeah, I'm not saying that this is going to cause Nintendo to fail or anything like that. And in fact, if the Smash community disappeared, that will not affect Nintendo's game sales or any future Smash Brother games or whatever, whatever is made, right? So that's not going to affect Nintendo's bottom line. However, as a person who has been a part of a community-run effort basically for the past three years of my life, you know, uh, it's such a lifeblood and it's such an important thing and it's such a powerful community. It's a powerful entity for your games, for your company, and, and for just fan involvement, right? The one thing that we have discovered through social media you know, and Twitter and everybody being able to talk about everything is that fans love their stuff <laughs> and fan involvement is so important and giving the fans the ability to enjoy their hobbies in this kind of capacity is so, so, uh, is such a good, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, it's like, it's so good for, for just fan engagement, right? I, I'm, I can't, the, the word is slipping my mind right now that I, it's just at the tip of my tongue. But basically it's, it's so important for fans to be able to engage in their hobby in these ex, extra ways, right? I mean, the, the, this is why, and especially in this day and age when becoming an adult doesn't necessarily mean abandoning your fandom anymore. This is something new to the current generation. I don't know how much people, I, I, I know I've talked about this a lot on my stream, but I don't know how much people understand that when I was a teenager and I was playing Street Fighter, the idea was that eventually you would stop playing, get a family, and leave video games behind. That was just, 
It wasn't that long ago when maintaining your fandom into adulthood was considered not a thing that adults do. Nowadays, that is not the case, right? We are starting to discover, especially with just the world getting larger and social media and us leaving behind the, 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 the whole concept of, you know, just being cogs, living in a society, doing, you know, like living our lives, enjoying our lives, you know, companies like, <laughs> appropriate, like Lego have decided to make things for adults, you know? There's a reason why there are such things as bot cons for the classic Transformer fans and everything like that. that. Adults and people are allowed to continue their fandom as they grow older. They're allowed to be fans of stuff. And so, you know, being able to invest yourself into something like a Smash community, even if you do get a job and you can't play as much, you can still watch, you can still live it, right? That's what people do when they watch basketball. That's why people get so obsessed with sports, you know, because they get to live and watch and enjoy this passion of theirs in a way that, you know, of course, sports were considered okay for adults to be obsessed with. But, you know, nowadays it's just everything in the world is that way. And so, uh, honestly, like, shutting down the Smash community is a huge, huge problem. It is such a blow uh, to the community and to a lot of the drive and passion, I think, for a lot of the community out there. So, you know, again, this is just, this is an awful decision. Now, again, do we all just go there and throw Molotov cocktails at Nintendo? No, let's, let's not do that, right? Let's, it's, it, this just came out. Like I said, the Evo decision was reversed in less than an hour in way, way, way back, uh, you know, over a decade ago. And so let's see if maybe something similar can happen with that because Nintendo has to realize that this basically just puts the kibosh on everything, right? Again, not on their company for the game sales, but for this Panda Cup, for any sort of community involvement, for any goodwill. Uh, well, right, and Master. So, and Masters, I don't think this is anything like the Evo situation. It is very, it is a lot, lot bigger than the Evo situation. Okay, I'm not trying to compare the two uh, in similar of scope. This is massive. This is this is massive. Okay, and this is a huge, huge blow to the community, and I don't want to understate that. And again, uh, I don't know if Crimson is still on 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 the uh, on the chat over here, or anything like that. Uh, if he wants to uh, jump on here or anything like that, or if anybody else wants to talk about it, I'm definitely down to uh, you know find somebody here who wants to talk about. Um, sorry, hang on a second. I'm just trying to look something up here. <laughs> Uh, anybody else who wants to talk about the, this thing a little bit more detailedly. Um, but again, and, and talk about it from the Smash perspective. Because again, uh, I'm not ensconced in the Smash community, so I don't have a lot uh, of... Um, I don't... <laughs> I, 
I don't I don't have the ability to speak on it as a person directly in the Smash community, but for the most part, this is a huge blow, especially because, yes, Fanta, a Smash World Tour, which was a week and a half, got canceled. So, again, um, you know, the, the goal right now is to hope that this decision can be re reversed. I don't know if, even if Nintendo came back and reversed the decision, I don't even know if that necessarily will undo the damage to the community's relationship with Nintendo or undo the, the damage between the community and Panda at this point in time. Because again, as far as I know, I'm going to try to look it up here again. Uh, I don't think Panda has put out any sort of uh, official notice here. Uh, yeah, there's no information here about that. And uh, trying to see if there's any information here. Yeah, I don't think anybody has uh, said anything from Panda side, right? As far as I know, uh, from you guys uh, on the, on the, uh, the, 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 the social media verse right now, there has been no... Uh, official statement from Panda, so we haven't got any responses just yet from anyone. Um, so, again, Smash, the Smash community has been fighting for this for years. They have been fighting this for this for years, okay? When us playing Street Fighter, when we started doing all these events and started doing evos and everything like that it was a dream to get involvement from the developers themselves we were just like eh, it'd be cool if one day you know we were had relations with them and stuff but we'll just keep running these events and you know it was kind of a pipe dream to ever get the involvement we have that now Right. So, for example, at Evo, you know, the, all these game companies announcing new trailers over at Evo. And, you know, uh, and remember, Nintendo also did not allow Evo to run Smash this year as well. So Nintendo already shut down Evo from running Smash at all. That's why there was no Smash at Evo this year. Um, but um, having that communication and having that relationship with Capcom, Bandai Namco, uh, with Arxis, with, you know, all the different companies, with SNK, etc., etc., has been such a wonderful relationship. And you see the benefits of this kind of relationship with, you know, think about what the relationship did, right? Guilty Gear, what Strive was going to be delay-based netcode. And it was the community that pushed in all of the polls at ARC Revo World Tour, at Frosty Faustings, etc., that rollback was very important to them. And so as a result, Strive got rollback. Not only did they get rollback, they got some of the best rollback that we've seen to date 
And now every company, including SNK, which had admitted that they were going to be delay-based netcode at one point and at some point had to pivot to roll back netcode because of what Strive was able to show them. So again, it was the community that kind of drove that, right? Even Sakurai, who originally was not all that into having the game be all that competitive, it even seems like he's pivoted at some point in time to really understand the competitive scene. And he was even at uh, Evo Japan, uh, the last Evo Japan, if I'm not mistaken, he showed up to that event to watch some of the Smash Brothers uh, tournaments. And so, you know, even Sakurai, who originally, you know, put tripping into Smash Wii U, so (laughs) to make it less competitive, now has really embraced uh, the competitive side of things. And so, and yes, I mean, Peter says it in the chat, the the executive culture at Nintendo was just so outdated and backwards. Yes, yes, it is absolutely true. They are, oh, it was Brawl, you're right, you're right, Dynamite Pete, sorry, my bad. Didn't go back far enough, didn't go back far enough. it is, it is very outdated and backwards. And this community relationship, what Nintendo has to understand is that the community relationship, especially with this competitive scene and such, is so important to their games. And again, yes, is Smash Brothers going to sell just as well without the Smash community playing in tournaments and stuff like that? Nintendo is in a unique situation where the answer is probably yes. Like, I would say the same thing about NRS, right? If they didn't care about the community, would Mortal Kombat sell just as many copies? Probably. It probably wouldn't hurt Mortal Kombat very much. But that's why it's wonderful that NRS embraces the community as much as it does and why we should be heaping praise onto NRS for continually putting out products that not only support one player, but support tournaments and also still cater to what the fans want out there, right? Yeah, a lot of people have been talking about, well, time to jump ship to multiverses or Brawlhalla now and everything, you know, but let's 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 give it a little bit and see if there is a way that this can be resolved and hopefully Nintendo understands this and I you know there's no chance that Nintendo sees anything that I'm talking about here but again you know if by chance they do see this the 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 the, the statement that I can only make here is that they are underselling how valuable working with the community is. And yes, can the community be a problem at times? Absolutely. I mean, they the community can be problems. As again, let's talk about NRS. And all you have to do is look at Ed Boon anytime he tweets and see the people replying to him. You can see the kind of craziness that's happening, uh, you know, from the fandom and stuff like that. But... At the same time, the amount of uh, uh, good publicity that these events bring your game, the amount that it allows people... My nephew is obsessed with Smash Brothers, and he's really good at one-on-one because he's... He knows about the tournament scene. He's seen a lot of Smash videos on YouTube, etc., etc. My nephew is like 13 years old and he's ridiculous at Smash Brothers right now. And, you know, it's happened because of the community, because of this. And it allows him to engage in the game, you know, in a way that's extracurricular. It's not just about playing the game. It's about understanding the game. It's about you know, uh, really enjoying what the game is doing. 
Um, so, yeah, again, Lurker Spine, you know, that aspect uh, where you're bringing about, like, the Smash community definitely has some bad eggs in it. Yes, uh, we're not going to, you know, pretend that they don't exist. They're in every, they're in the FGC too. You know, there's bad eggs in the FGC as well, and we're doing our due diligence to try to weed out as much as we can you know uh, uh, that's just that is a part of living in a world right i mean that is what we do and and you know we don't necessarily like we are designed in a way that we don't prosecute before proof etc etc and so you know that's gonna happen that's gonna happen right so again not saying that that makes it okay but we have to do our best to make sure that they get rooted out uh, as efficiently as possible. Now, um, oh man, it's just, it's so frustrating at this point. It's so frustrating to see this because again, you know, I, I loved Melee to death. I didn't play it the right way. I was free for all time based getting kill counts, items on with my friends. But, you know, the Smash community has been something that I have admired greatly. And if I had the time, I probably would have been more invested in it as well. Uh, just, I mean, all of my time is taken up by, you know, Street Fighter, Guilty Gear, King of Fighters, etc., etc. It's really hard uh, for me to keep track of multiple games like that. So, um Again, that's real space. That's a whole nother conversation. That's nothing to do with what's going on over here. Um, but I'm hearing some noise. Okay. But again, uh, and again, so I, 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 I want to say, you know, uh, Matthew Mingi Art says in the chat, you know, I feel mostly feel bad SWT was strung along, you know, not sure if that's the case. It definitely feels like it, but there's probably a lot of behind the scenes like, hey, guys, we should help them. Wait, we need to find out. Hey, guys, we're talking with them. They're cool. We want to help the community. And another section's like, sorry, no, hang on. We're trying to iron something out. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Kind of thing like that. So uh, the problem is that there is a lot of layers in these companies. And what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, the way that companies work, it's, it's really annoying that the different layers, the different tiers of a company have very little communication with each other. And at, for the most part, most companies, their entire jobs are to be communication layers between the two layers around them. And so basically what the community, what the group of people talking directly with the Smash World Tour guys were saying and what they wanted has to get communicated to their managers who gets communicated to their managers who gets communicated to their managers who gets communicated to their managers and it's those managers who make the decision. But the problem is these managers are closer to these managers and these managers and the highest up ones want one thing. And so they hear that more directly from the people way down here. And so the messages are probably getting a little bit, uh, uh, you know, messed up. Um, uh, yeah, you can post URLs. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, that has any sort of kind of significance here. 
Yeah, so even Ono tweeting out that it's yeah, not so right to put restrictions on grassroots events. Grassroots events. Echo, uh, which he's, again, he was heavily involved with the Capcom Pro Tour at the start. So he realizes how powerful the community is for games like this. Uh, and again... Uh, it's hard to say that Nintendo waited until a week before to make the decision. It's really hard to say that that's actually what happened, that they waited. I mean, honestly, it feels like to me that the, that the, the people at the bottom who were working with directly with the Smash World Tour were probably fighting uh, for a long period of time. Either that or at this point in time, like someone else said, maybe they just left because they were uh, just kind of frustrating you know, they, they were just frustrated. So they're like, you know what, I can't deal with this anymore. So this is definitely something that keeps going. And yeah, absolutely. Capcom Cup runs on FGC infrastructure. You know, Capcom has done a lot to create their own infrastructure with the CPT and all that stuff like that. But they still know how much of it is also, you know, community driven, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so an ethereal llama asks, forgive, forgive my ignorant question, but what's stopping the event from continuing on regardless? What recourse do they face? Again, every company out there, including Capcom, Bandai Namco, Arxis, SNK, etc., etc., all have the right to block anything at any point in time because it is their game. It is all part of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the agreements upon purchasing of the game. Now, some games, like, I think Tekken does this. I think Soul Calibur does this. But, like, there's a whole, like, thing I agree that you sign to at the start of the, uh, when you buy the game that literally says we cannot stop you from making these events. So, they might have actually tried to put in a loophole for event runners in there. There is no such thing, and again, I wish David was here to clarify that, because I think that's one of the things that they did, but Nintendo obviously does not have that in there. If they decide to run the event, despite the cease and desist order, they can get sued for more money, basically, than they are losing from the event. They can get sued for so much, and they cannot win. There is no winning against Nintendo. If you are VGBC, you have absolutely no power, no clout, no finances to be able to battle a company like Nintendo, unfortunately. So that is the problem. Uh, they can't run this event because they were given an official cease and desist. If you, if Nintendo had never contacted them, maybe they can just be like, oh, let's keep running and hope no, they never say anything. Like, you could definitely do that. But at this point in time, they have officially been told to cease and desist. And so at that point in time, that's done. That's done. So uh, David retweeted his thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, uh, David has been retweeting this because he's been saying this for years. This tweet from David is from October 23rd, 2020. Two years ago, okay? And he said, I see folks asking about their rights to use video games in tournaments, content, etc. And to be succinct, the answer is that you don't have any good ones. 
that you don't have any good ones and almost all the communities and businesses we've built around video games only exist by the whims of game rights holders. So, you know, he's asking about their rights. So I see folks asking about their rights. The answer is that you don't have any good ones and almost all communities and businesses we've built around video games only exist by the whims of game rights holders. So exactly. Yeah, fan art is the same. You know, there's any point in time a company could walk into any anime convention, go to any artist booth and saying, you're trying to sell Pikachu art? Done. Take your booth down. Like, they have every right to do all of that stuff. And again, they don't because it's just, it's bad publicity. It's not good for the community. But here they are. They're doing it anyway. You know, and they're doing this for these tournaments. But what the Nintendo higher-ups are probably thinking is, that's fine, shut them down. We've got this Panda Cup happening over here. They'll be happy with that, and we have control over this, so that means we can actually make the money off of these tournaments. They will become our official tournaments, and they're the only tournaments, and people will be fine with this. People will be fine. You know, that's, my guess is that's what's happening. So again, the top layer here is kind of talking about that. And meanwhile, the bottom layer way down here is just like, no, but they just don't have the power and the clout and they have more layers to get through to the people who are actually making the decisions. And so that's my guess on what's going on from Nintendo's side is they're seeing this as their chance to be able to leverage. I mean, Riot does this a lot of the times too, right? A lot of the companies do. Not, not necessarily Riot, but maybe Riot? Riot does this. Blizzard does this. They let the community run all their events when a game comes out. And then they kind of come in and <laughs> take it over, right? That is kind of something... Um, uh, that, that that companies like that have done before in the past, right? That they eventually kind of come in and take... Oh, so definitely Riot, says Tiny Tex. Okay, so yeah, a lot of these companies uh, do stuff like that, right? This is kind of how it worked. When Overwatch first came out, I believe it was largely community-driven, and then the Overwatch League kind of came over and swooped in. And I think that's kind of what Nintendo was trying to do, but clearly... They don't realize... See, here's the difference, right? Overwatch was a brand new game. Smash Brothers has been being played in this competitive atmosphere for almost 30 years now, okay? Since the Nintendo 64 days, since Melee especially, and given the fact that their second Smash game is still, like, one of the most popular games in their franchise and people are still playing it today, this is not just a new community that you're trying to ease into your umbrella at this point. This is a community that has put blood, sweat, and tears into this game, into running the scene, sacrificing their own money, their own time, trying to find a way to survive, and trying a way to keep the game alive for almost, you know, 25 years now, maybe 25 years now at this point. I think it might actually be 25 years at this point that they have been doing this and you're basically trying to shut them out. You're basically trying to shut them out. And this is the problem. This is a community that has put so much work and effort in there and you cannot discount these people. 
You know, if Capcom came along all of a sudden was like, you know what, see you later, FGC, we're running this ourselves. And it's not just like, oh, James, you're not a commentator, and so I'd be mad. No, that's whatever. It's just like you, like if Capcom came and we're going to get our own streamers, we're going to get our own commentators, we're going to get our own TOs and all these things like that, like, would I be butthurt? Fuck yeah, I'd be butthurt. I'd be so offended by that because all these people that I know that are my friends who have put so much work into keeping the community alive have, you know, like, honestly, like, that would sting. That would absolutely sting, you know? Even if it became this big thing, if nobody who put in the work and effort to make this happen, to be there, to be the ones who laid the ground, the, 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 the roots you know, the groundwork for the scene to even exist, if they got all shoved to the side, yeah, I'd be pissed if that happened in Street Fighter or Guilty Gear or Tekken or any any of these games. And that is essentially what is happening to Smash Brothers right now. So, yeah, well, so Capcom are kind of doing that with CPT and non-West Coast English commentators, though. It is true... I will say, as being a part of involved in that, a lot of that has to just do... I mean, they have flown out some commentators, like Sankola, Marine, etc., have done some of the events, but right now, it's it's a budget thing, and, and don't worry. Like, there's conversations there, honestly. There's conversations there. And pandemic didn't help at all. Because remember, before the pandemic... Capcom was running a lot of things at the events and we were using all everybody. It does suck. I do have an advantage being in SoCal here and that sucks. But even saying that, like I commentated, what, two weeks ago? Uh, I know I canceled one commentary gig in October because I did the Tetris thing. But in September and October, I had one CPT gig. So they're doing their best to try to spread things around, right? So until I just did the last one, uh, the, the Southeast Asia with Ringe a couple of weeks ago, I hadn't done a CPT in over two months, right? So it's not like the SoCal guys are just sitting there running in there and just like every week we're like, you know, buying each other gold watches and stuff like that. So trust me, it's <laughs> there is <laughs> no illusions that that's happening at this point in time. But, um, uh, just eradicating... <laughs> The work that all these people, especially because VG Bootcamp are the guys running the Smash World Tour. VG Bootcamp have been doing this forever. They have been doing this forever. And it's just, it's so, it's such a wrong decision. So again, you know, uh, I talk about this publicly. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm you know, uh, addressing the situation really in the hopes that Nintendo will try to reconsider this. The problem is, I don't know if they can reconsider it in a way that will be in time to not screw over thousands of people who are planning to go to the SWT finals in a week and a half. In a week and a half. Like, the only way Nintendo can really make up for this is like, sorry, you guys can run it again. Here, postpone it for a, a month. We'll pay for the venue, here's some extra prize pool, and here's some money to help change people's flights, etc., etc. But again, Nintendo is just, they are stuck in the past. They are way too 
old school Japan oriented, you know. I've heard stories of like old school Capcom, like they don't, they didn't want to put hitboxes in their, any of their games because they didn't want any rival companies to see how they did their hitboxes and steal from them. And now, you know, Capcom Fighting Collection has hitboxes in there and all the companies are doing roundtables where they're just talking to each other and telling each other who their favorite characters from other people's franchises are. You know, it's a very different situation there, but Nintendo is woefully behind on this whole entire situation and it's really, really frustrating. And again, in this day and age with social media and everything like that, it's a different time for companies. Companies cannot live the way that Nintendo is living right now. And it's wonderful to see a lot of the FGC, you know, changing their mind on that in terms of the Japanese devs. Like I said, companies like NRS have been there the whole entire time. I mean, Ed Boon was at the CEO with like five Tanyas in top eight two weeks before Evo. And literally during the top eight, I was told he got up and made a phone call and was like, you had better nerf Tanya before Evo because I don't want this to happen at Evo. Like NRS has been involved like the whole entire time, (laughs) the whole entire time. So, you know, it's, it's for the Japanese companies that are, that this is still, you know, a difficult thing to do. But again, you know, what we've seen from Arxis not only did they put rollback in Strive, but they're putting rollback in Exert. Like I said, this is unprecedented that the previous game that a lot of the people who hate Strive don't want to move to and want to keep playing their old game rather than saying, you know what? Tough, buy the new game because we... No, they're actually porting <laughs> rollback into Exert. Like, Arxis is doing some amazing stuff here. And again, you know, that's not to say that Capcom hasn't been doing a lot of great things as well. I mean, the, their interactions with the people, uh, Matsumoto and Nakayama-san doing those, you know, update videos that they were doing where they showcased all the characters and stuff like that has been amazing and awesome. Harada and Michael Murray have always been very, very involved with the community and such. And yeah, of course, there's going to be situations where you're frustrated with what they do or the decisions that they make or things that they say. But again, they're still involved. They're at Evo, right? I still see them. And heck, there was one time uh, I went to go eat dinner at Evo. And at another table, literally was like Harada, Michael Murray, Ono, and everybody just sitting at the dinner table, just like eating dinner with each other, you know? It's, It's gotten to a point where they're a lot more cooperative with each other and they realize kind of the ecosystem of the FGC. And that's what Nintendo has to do. They have to realize what the ecosystem is here in the Smash community, in the FGC, and they have to understand that what they are doing is harming the ecosystem and harming themselves. Are they going to lose money from this? Sadly, well, they probably will because the Panda Cup is not going to succeed. They're not going to get as many views. They're not going to get as much engagement and involvement. So, yes, there's actually potentially a lot of money unless... They've somehow finagled a way to have it so that Panda's spending most of the money and they can just wash their hands of it and just be like, oh, it didn't succeed, see you later. And I wouldn't be surprised if that actually was the case uh, at this point. Dude, they're putting rollback back into Dragon Ball. And again, that's a Bandai Namco decision too. So ups to them as well. Um, but again, you know, this is, this is uh, a very, very very bad move by Nintendo. Uh, Some people have 
I mean, it's just, it's a boneheaded move. Like, this is not the right thing to do, uh, honestly. This is, uh, yeah, and, and that's a problem too, right, Fanta? Like, because Panda, you know, is a sponsor of a lot of players. A lot of these players, you know, uh, obviously, you know, Juna, Punk, Justin Wong, Kizzy K, all these guys. And, you know, they've all had great relations. And as they said at the beginning of this official statement, okay, again, this is what the VGBC, this is what the SWT in their official statement that they said here, uh, what do they say here? Okay, okay. Okay. Said, likewise, we have nothing but the utmost respect for Panda's team, players, ambassadors, employees, and contractors, many of which are our friends and are truly incredible people, and, to our understanding, had little to zero knowledge of the damage Panda caused behind the scenes uh, in the past year. <laughs> so, obviously, this is rough for a lot of them, too, because... This really hurts Panda as a company as well. And uh, all maybe because of the acts of one particular person. Because, I mean, here's the other thing, too. Like, imagine you are the CEO of Panda. You finagle this deal with Capcom to be like, I mean, with Nintendo to be like, we get to run an official uh, Smash Cup and then nobody wants to join the cup, right? Like, now you're going to panic. And obviously, he did everything the wrong way if what all this claims is to be true, like I said, corroborated by LD. So it seems like that this is actually what went down. But, you know, panic does some weird things to people. But obviously, this was the absolute wrong thing to do. And uh, like I said, I'm still waiting to see what kind of statement we get from Panda. But this is just, uh, this is not how you do things, right? You have to understand, you have to understand that your product is made by the people who consume it. I've said this like in 7,000 different ways already today, so sorry if I'm starting to repeat myself uh, at this point, but your product is created your product's life your product's existence what your product is is a result of the people who consume it without people who don't consume it it's not a product now let's separate art from product here okay because there's definitely a situation where if you are a creator of art you don't necessarily need to have people's approval art is created for yourself Right. Art is something that you create as a representation of your own soul. Right. Products are something that you create specifically for people to enjoy. Right. So this is the this is the distinction here. Okay, because I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, if you create something, you shouldn't care what people think. Well, no. I mean, these things are products are created to make money. If you are someone going to a convention to sell artwork, you do have to care what people think of your artwork because otherwise you don't make any money, right? (laughs) So again, Nintendo has to understand that a product is only a product based on what the community does and interacts with it. And 
supporting this community that has been supporting your game for over two decades, for two and a half decades now, only makes your product stronger. The community is the most powerful thing, and in this day and age of social media, you do not have you do not have the excuse to be blindsided by what the people think, right? Obviously, it can it could have happened even 30 years ago because you just don't have that awareness of what's going on. There's no excuse these days, and honestly, a lot of what's happening in Nintendo really is just a lot of old-fashioned thinking. Uh, it's it's really really uh, a problem, honestly. So, any case, uh, I feel like I'm repeating myself here. Uh, is there any other questions in the chat and or anything that maybe that I've said that you think is incorrect? Because like I said, I don't understand the legalities of all this as much. I'm not that ensconced in the Smash scene as much as a lot of other people. Uh, but again, just from my own personal standpoint, you know, after taking the objectivity glasses off, you know, what Nintendo did was wrong. What if, again, if what the statement and LD's corroboration on his tweet said was true, what Alan, as the CEO of Panda, did was absolutely the incorrect way of handling a lot of things. But, you know, again, they have to look at this and understand that it is that, that you can't just rip things away from a community that have put so much work in there. And yeah, there is definitely a little bit of uh, legality questions of what happened, uh, what Lurker Spine says in the, in, the, in the chat over here, because there, this could be considered sabotage, sabotage, which is illegal, you know, these kind of business practices and stuff like this. I mean, these, it's kind of like veiled threats, right? Oh, if you sign with them, you might get shut down. Anybody tied, you know, like these are definite, there's definitely some legality issues involved in this as well. But again, does anybody have the power to be able to enforce that legality over a company like Nintendo, right? That's, that's the hardest part right there. That is, that is one of the toughest things to do. So, uh, what do we got over here? Uh, okay, so somebody else says, uh, looks like Najin, uh, who runs uh, Golden Guardians, Esports Warriors, Team Li former Team Liquid, it says here. Yeah, uh, but he says, I was also approached by them and was told the same thing regarding anything GG was planning. So he responded to LD's tweet and said that it was the, he had received a similar, uh, similar dialect. So we've now had a third person corroborate all of this. So likely, again, likely it's true. <laughs> likely it's true uh, what has been said that uh, the CEO of Panda did, what Alan did. And so this is going to be, there is a lot of drama that's going to stem from this. There's going to be a lot of repercussions. This is not going to end anytime soon because the, 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 the shockwaves of this are going to happen quite far, far and wide. Let's just put it that way. Again, Tuesday, gonna Tuesday. I mean, look, I mean, for the Smash community, this is like 
the most significant, important day for their life. But for Nintendo, it was Tuesday, right? I mean, Jesus, uh, God, like this is this is um, not a good situation, not a good look for them. So uh, again, um, I don't want to speak any more into this. I, like I said, I feel like I'm on the verge of repeating myself here. I hope that this. Um, you know, at least I was able, uh, hopefully I was able to approach this from a, you know, kind of a, a informative and, uh, you know, helpful discussion. And uh, hopefully my viewpoints on the situation and my opinions on the situation seemed logical and valid here. But again, if anybody has anything, you know, that they disagree with me on or if there's any other questions or any other interesting points. Okay, that's a great question. Trini says, how can this all be fixed? It can't, right? There are some things that you can't fix. <laughs> and I feel like that this is kind of the situation. Like I said earlier, maybe what Nintendo has to do is come back and be like, no, sorry, you can run the event. Here's some extra prize money will help you try to make sure that this runs pretty well at this point in time. But even after they do that, this is just like, fool, fool me once, shame on me, fool me, no, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, right? If Nintendo keeps doing this, the community's faith in Nintendo is really kind of shaken at this point. And a lot of people are saying, uh, Panda's done. We'll see, because, you know, Panda could very well I mean, let's just put it this again. This is I'm not advocating this. I'm not saying that this is what should happen. But Panda could be like, a, "Hey, we the rest of us have voted. You're no longer our CEO, right? Like something like that can happen, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, for sure, uh, you know, there's a lot of potentially." Uh, things that can happen here. And again, that's not what I'm advocating. I'm not suggesting that to anybody. I'm just saying that these things can happen. I mean, look what happened with Evo when Wizard was taken out and everybody was like, well, Evo's done. And then they put Rick in there and everyone's like, all right, let's go to Evo. You know, like things can, can happen like that. Like de things can definitely uh, happen. Wheels can turn, uh, things can be put in motion. But again, how do we fix this? Again, there's no way to come out of this and have everything be like it was. And again, if the Smash scene can make it through this and stay strong, that just makes them stronger and more powerful, and that's great for them. However, the relationship with Nintendo is very, very much at question right now, and it's really, really hard. Uh, how hard was it for Panda to get licensed by Nintendo? Probably pretty hard, uh, to be honest with you, considering that nobody else has ever been able to get licensed with Nintendo, and that Nintendo really has very little interest in, uh, in, in, in helping the community prior to some of the stuff recently, right? Uh, I mean, honestly, though, uh, again, you know, if you, Forrest says he's, he was never really thought all that into Smash. Smash is wonderful, okay? Watching high-level Smash is an absolute joy, okay? I'm just going to put that out there right now, and I will state this for the haters out there. If you don't think Smash is a fighting game, 
fucking stop, okay? Like, just stop. It's a fighting game, okay? It, it just, it straight up is a fighting game. It's stupid not to think that anymore. It's just, you're, you, you, just stop. Just stop, okay? Look, Smash is a legit competitive game. It's a lot of uh, fun. It's a lot of, t- uh, a lot of talent, a lot of skill involved in there. So, uh, but I don't know. There is no way to fix this. Nothing's going to go back to the status quo. Things are going to change, right? Like I said, a CEO gets ousted. The Smash community just basically becomes distrustful of Nintendo and starts trying to run things behind Nintendo's back, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. Like, there's just a lot of uh, really crazy thing. And yeah, I agree with Funko that Melee has the hardest execution of any fighting game, except outside maybe of MVC2. I would say MVC2 and Smash Melee have the two highest execution of any fighting game uh, out there. Um, is lack of Nintendo's interest in the Smash community because they think it's not big enough to rate compared to stuff like Pokemon and Mario? But see, here's the thing. Pokemon and Mario don't really have a giant community thing either. People just play Mario and are fans of Mario. Pokemon is largely run by the Pokemon company. Okay, so again... Don't forget that Pokemon exists outside of Nintendo. They just have a... It's like Pixar and Nintendo, okay? I mean, it's Pixar and Disney. Disney's kind of on top of, you know... There was one point in time where Pixar almost left Disney, and Disney was like, this would be a stupid thing. And so they kind of went into the agreements and kept Pixar under their umbrella. That's how Nintendo and Pokemon are related to each other. No, the lack of Nintendo interest has in the Smash community is because... They're probably scared because of drama or whatever, or, you know, because they just don't think it really matters to them of how much money they make, right? There was a lot of Smash drama, if you remember, that happened in the first year of the pandemic, right? That was when the giant FGC Me Too movement happened, and a lot of people... uh turned out to not be very good people in the Smash community. And so as that that's kind of the reason why, you know, like you see what what Capcom has to do with Filipino Champ and Infiltration and, you know, uh, all these different people there. Nintendo probably just doesn't want to deal with that kind of a situation, right? This is just not something that they want to be involved with. And so by keeping your hands clean of it, you don't have to have any involvement with it. But as the things get bigger, so what the problem is, had they not created this partnership with Panda, they probably would not have created a cease and desist, right? Nintendo probably would have just let it run on its own, but now they're trying to create their own circuit and stuff like that. And since this is now officially Nintendo licensed, they probably want to clean it up as much as possible. And so that's where a lot of this is probably happening from. And again, you know, it's, it's, the problem is, is they think it might clean it up, but it's not right. It's not going to, it's not going to really change anything. And that's the problem. <laughs> the competitive Mario movie with Fred Savage, the wizard, the wizard, which by the way is rain man for kids. Watch rain man, watch the wizard, exact same movies. And then of course the redhead in the wizard uh, is Jenny Lewis, who became the lead singer to Rilo Kylie and now does all of her own in, uh, solo work. 
wonderful band, Rilo Kylie. Wonderful music, her solo work. I've been to one of her concerts. Check out Jenny Lewis's music. Very, very good. Very, very good. But yeah, Nintendo is the Disney of gaming. Absolutely, absolutely, dude. It's it's hundred percent. It's it, it, it is. That's the way they are. They are they're uh, uh, out of touch. Oh man. <sighs> but that's uh, like I said. Uh, if there's any other questions or if anybody else has anything to say, that's probably it for me for now. Uh, but just to end the stream on some, you know, uh, better notes over here, let me see if I can actually get this over here because I don't have this access over here. Oh, there we go. Perfect. All right. So let's see if I can actually turn on this. Oh, that's a tiny camera. So let's just do this. Uh, Nvidia. Oh, never mind. I was going to show you my cat getting belly rubs, but he ran away or he got up already. So, <laughs> oh man. Uh, but that's the situation here again. So, um, oh, the power glove was awful. Dude, Rod the Robot was awesome. I actually beat all of Gyromite legitimately with Rob. I still have my Rob, and he is still in immaculate condition. And I've always wanted to buy a display case and put Rob in the display case and just have him out there. The problem is... I have no room for displaying anything in my home right now, dude. So, um, I mean, that that's what I'm hoping for, Fanta. Trying to approach these kind of things without a lot of drama. You know, trying to be matter of fact and, and, and still give the opinion that, yes, Nintendo is, is, is fucking up. Like, they are making it, they are messing up. And uh, Ultrashawn, if you don't know, like the uh, Rob, uh, actually not not Ultrashawn, he wasn't talking about Rob, other people were. Uh, Rob was created because software and electronics had a rule back in the day that uh, stores could actually sell unsold product back to the original company. There was this clause. So if you tried to sell software and it didn't sell, they could sell it back and the company that originally made them had to buy them all back. That was for software. Nintendo wanted to avoid that, so they created Rob, the robot, the robotic operating buddy to come with the Nintendo and classified the NES as a toy. So the toy market did not have the buyback rule and so Nintendo put Rob, marketed the NES as a toy, classified it as a toy, so anything that went unsold did not have to be purchased back by Nintendo. That was, uh, that was uh, basically what they did. Nintendo's always been like this, okay? Read the story of Tetris, dude. <laughs> Read the story of Tetris and how they got Tetris, dude. Uh, but yeah, they're, they've, uh, Nintendo has always been a pretty crafty company out there. So, and yeah, in this situation, Nintendo and Panda, De well, Panda CEO, not the company, we won't necessarily say, again, uh, these are all just claims by 
three people. So we've had obviously the uh, SWT slash VGBC, but we have LD as well as uh, the other person, not Najin. I, I forgot his name. Uh, corroborate that you know that is what the Panda CEO did. Basically, kind of go and threaten people uh, to not go on SWT to join the Panda Cup instead. Uh, so you know. That the Panda CEO and Nintendo definitely making a lot of bad decisions and mistakes here. Uh, if it's going down the way that it was said here, now again, uh, can this be reversed? Yes, but there will be a lot of repercussions, right? There's going to be a lot of collateral damage and there's going to be a lot of mistrust. In order for Nintendo to gain the trust back of their community, they're going to have to put in a lot of work because, again, what they did to Evo, what they did to this, and again, not trying to compare the two on the same scale, the Evo one is very small scale compared to what this is right here for the Smash World Tour. But Because uh, they didn't try to shut down the Evo tournament. They just said it couldn't be streamed. They were going to let the tournament run. This is straight up putting a kibosh on a tournament a week and a half right before it happened, as well as the entire circuit for the next year. So this is, it's a really terrible decision. And like I said, as a result, the Panda Cup will probably fail, right? Because there's going to be so many people that are going to be against it and no one will support it because they know what it, what, what it caused, right? It, it shut down one of the most anticipated tournaments of the year. The most anticipated tournament for Smash Brother this year. $125,000 prize pool for first and second place, okay? Somebody was gonna come out of there with $40,000 for first place. Like, this is a big deal here. This is a really, really big deal. And again, a lot of people are right. Nintendo doesn't care about the community. And this is my message to them. They have to start caring about the community. Sorry, I keep hitting the table every time I rewatch my video and stuff again back. Every time I hit the table, it makes a lot of annoying noises because my microphone is connected to the table, so I'll stop trying to hit the table. But Nintendo needs to care about the community. Yes, is there a lot of responsibility that you take trying to associate yourself with communities. Absolutely. But again, the amount of benefits that you will get from it, I think are really strong and it might not even necessarily be monetary. However, if you think about what Nintendo can do right now, they aren't going to lose sales by, you know, not supporting the community. But if they supported the community, Smash Brothers, especially Smash Brothers Ultimate, which is a game that can kind of exist forever at this point because, like, Sakurai, like, put everybody in there. <laughs> like, everybody is in there. So there's not, like, like if you were a free previous player of Olimar, like, he's there. <laughs> if you're a previous player of Ice Climber, they're there. Like, Smash Ultimate could last as an eSport in its, in its, you know form right now for years to come and to have people involved to buy things to buy merch to gain to get on tv and become this really large esport there is a lot of money to be made by nintendo that's what they're seeing that's what they're probably trying to go for with the panda cup but they have to realize that they cannot get to that point without the community support they can't get there without the community support. Or if they do, 
it's just going to leave a bitter taste. There's just going to be this history. There's just going to be this, you know, frustration from a lot of people. And rather, why wouldn't you want to have it so that you come in here and create this community and then give people, you know, like, for example, like uh, Scar and Toph, uh, Scar and Toph, sorry, uh, Scar and Toph like to, to be able, was it Toph? I always forget because I get confused with the Avatar character. I get it backwards. But, you know, you get them <laughs> to be able to be like analysts at the official esports and everything like that. And it's just like you want to reward the people who put in the work at this kind of thing, you know? Toph, right. Christopher. Christopher is what it is. Uh, but you want to reward the people who have put in the work and the community will recognize that. And again, history is so important. History is so, so important, right? So if you do turn Smash into a big giant esports, can you imagine if you got Ken back to show up for something and just be like, hey guys, I was the dude on Survivor. I was a Smash player and hey, look at me. Now I'm talking to, like, how crazy would that be? You know, <laughs> like just to have like this history and just be able to talk about the old stories, have the veterans there be able to talk about the story. Oh yeah, this reminds me of the play style of this player from a long time ago, you know, etc., etc. This is the kind of thing that's important. And by cutting this off, by trying to just basically do this yourself is not a good idea. It's just not a good idea. So... Uh, yes, I have commentated with uh, Charles Thorne <laughs> for Guilty Gear, of all things. <laughs> well, see, again, Eben Ken uh, don't want Smash to ever be esports. I'm not sure if that's true anymore, but even if it is true, they're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. Like, they can definitely do a lot of good. Now, the toughest thing about this, now, again, again, it has to be said, because... Smash Brothers has properties from so many different companies. Sonic, uh, Metal Gear Solid, it's got Bayonetta, it's got, you know, Sephiroth and Cloud and all these characters from different games. Does it make it hard? Yes, absolutely, because those companies probably all signed contracts with Nintendo saying you have the right to put them in the game, but you don't have the right necessarily to profit off of them from an eSport. So they would have to recreate a lot of the contracts. So yes, from Nintendo's side, it would be a very, very difficult thing and a very hard thing to set up because they'd have to redo a lot of contracts with a lot of these companies to make sure that this is all done right, right? Because obviously, like for example, if you play Smash Brothers on, on stream, right? And let's say uh, you play Sonic music in the background, right? Sega now all of a sudden has to also correct their contract with the people who originally composed that music, right? It's not just that open, cut, and dry to be able to create a esports scene for Smash Brothers. It's a very difficult thing to do. There is a lot 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 of work to be done in that situation but again it could benefit them it would do a lot of good work for them and smash brothers could easily be one of the biggest esports on the planet just look at the size of the smash community right now without the official company support nintendo is popular smash brothers is popular it has the ability to be something crazy a worldwide phenomenon and 
honestly, like this is a, this is something that they really need to take a deep look at. And if they do, and if they're trying to use the Panda Cup as a jumping off point, they need to reconsider the ramifications of that. They need to consider what's happening. And again, you know, I don't think all the people that were talking to SWT were lying to them that saying that they're only going after IP infringements and they really want to work with them and et cetera, et cetera. I don't think any of them were lying with them. I just think that there's, like I said, the communication layers makes it hard for them to get that consistent message across. And so that's one of the things that they have to look at, uh, honestly. Uh, oh, God, I mean, Smash is probably bigger than Street Fighter is already, right? I mean, honestly, let's, if you think about it, like they said in the Smash World, in the Smash World Tour last year, they broke all these records and, and, and had all these views and everything like that. Who knows? At this point in time, it's debatable. But, yeah, it is something that can be very, very, very large and very important. And, you know, again, I hope Nintendo realizes that, but they're not going to do it without the backing of the community. They're just not going to do it without the backing of the community. Like I said, they might get there. They might get there. Absolutely. Can Nintendo create this big, giant thing without everybody in the history, without VGBC, without BTE, without all that stuff? It's very possible. And uh, with as big of clout as Nintendo has, they might be able to effectively try to put the kibosh up, but the history will always be there, and it will always be marred by that. And again, that's just not what you want to do, right? Sports, everything lives off of this, right? You Like, when you talk about sports, if you talk about tennis, you talk about Arthur Ashe, you talk about Billie Jean King, hell, you talk about Steffi Graf and, uh, and Pete Sampras, right, who aren't even that long ago. Pete Sampras was the best, but without that storyline, how can you talk about how significant the dominance of Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic is without talking about that history? When you talk about Lakers, when you talk about basketball, you talk about Jordan, you talk about is LeBron or Jordan better player? What about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? LeBron James wouldn't even be chasing the scoring record of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar without the history. Do you even talk about, how do you talk about basketball without going all the way back to the era of Wilt Chamberlain, even back to George Mikan? you know etc etc like history is what makes the competitive sport what it is and so you can't erase the history like i said with things like valorant with things like overwatch you know they're pretty new they didn't have the history so when these companies wait a year to take kind of come in and swoop in and kind of be like okay we got it from here like they maintain that history because there isn't as much. But with Smash Brothers, there's so much history. There's so much history. Like, you know, you want I can talk about players like PC Chris, right? Like I've interacted with PC Chris before. There's a super old school like uh, Smash player from way back. One of the best players from a long time ago. You can talk about these kind of things. You know, you can address these kind of uh, stories and stuff like that. And that's important to do. The, the history is so important uh, to do. And yeah, Nintendo doesn't need history. It just needs a big prize money. Like I said, they can accomplish it. They absolutely can build up something big without the existing community right now. But like I said, if that happened in Street Fighter, I would be super butthurt. And I know a lot of people in the Smash community would be butthurt 
very justifiably. They were the ones who put in the work. They're the ones who laid the groundwork. And you should reward them. You really should reward these people for for the work that they put into this, honestly. A lot of Panda players are very unhappy and going up against Panda already. Interesting. Obviously, I've been doing this stream, so I haven't been able to see a lot of that. Uh, but yeah, I really do believe Nintendo needs the community and the community has the history. I really do believe that. I really, really believe that, uh, honestly. So uh, again, I should probably run onto social media, check what's going on over here. I've been talking about this for two hours already, so I'm going to go ahead and call it a night here for uh, everybody here. But again, you know, um, that's just all I can say about this, is that Nintendo is making a big mistake. They are making a big, 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 big mistake, right? And there's no way, like I said, a lot of the people at the lower side of things of the company know what the repercussions are of this. In fact, they even said that in the in the in the um, in the statement, right? What is it? What does it say? Um, Nintendo. Yeah, this is when we realized it was truly all being shut down for real. We asked if they understood the waves that would be made if we were forced to cancel, and Nintendo communicated that they were indeed aware. Remember, they said that they could only communicate in generalities. And again, this is not the people that's talking to SWT. This is not their decision. I can tell you as a person who's being a part of a big company, this is clearly not the decision made by the people communicating with SWT. This is the decision made by someone up at the top telling them, nope, you can't say anything. And so these people at the bottom are like, we can't say anything anymore. Do you realize how messed up this is? We are totally aware. Like, you know, that's, that is the, that's the vibe that I get from this. Again, I'm sure a lot of the people were fighting for this and they were honest that they wanted to make this work with the community and everything. And I'm pretty sure that it's just a, a decision being made at the top. But that is where the problem comes. And that all just circles back to the history of being outdated and having this be a very outdated Japanese company, unfortunately. And so that's one of the hardest things that to overcome at this point. Will this get reversed? Keep your eye on the social media verse. Hopefully next week on the Tuesday show, I'll be able to be like, hey, today's topic is the reversing of the decision. But, you know, again, that event was supposed to be a week and a half away. I, they'd have to reverse like now in order for that event to still be able to run. Otherwise, like I said, the only way Nintendo can really kind of save face as much as they can because they're not recovering everything back is to, if they reverse the decision, help facilitate either getting everybody back to the event or helping uh, SWT postpone and uh, set up another date for it and find a way to help people. But see, like I said, that's such a mess. That's such a mess. And so this is just a really, really, really rough and painful situation but in any case uh let me know what your guys thoughts are uh and again obviously in the chat there's gonna be a lot of people who are just gonna be like fuck nintendo fuck panda blah 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 but uh let's i mean you know smash content tends to drive a lot of uh discussion in comments and stuff like that let's try to keep it Let's try to, I mean, most people haven't gotten this far in the video on YouTube anyway, so it's too late. But, like, let's try to keep it 
you know, calm. Let's try to keep it logical, all this stuff like that. Let's try to keep it uh, civilized in the in the in the uh, in the comments. But uh, yeah, let me know. Let me know what what your thoughts are or, you know, if there's any other information that you can add to this. But oh, some Panda players are streaming it streaming right now. Yeah, I got to imagine. I got to imagine a lot of people are not happy. In any case, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope this was a, uh, a good stream. I hope this was a fun stream. Like I said, I'm not trying to add to the drama, but really just kind of talk about, you know, this thing from a from kind of a more logical standpoint. So hopefully uh, everybody is having a good night out there. Uh, let us see who's streaming right now. Which Panda player is streaming right now? Uh, let's see if I can find any of these uh, Panda players streaming right now and see if I can um, raid them really quick. Anybody have any good examples of people streaming right now uh, talking about this situation? Uh, let's see. Is Kizzy talking about it? Oh, yeah, he's talking about it right now. All right, I'm going to send you guys over to Kizzy K's stream. Uh, well, no, I guess he's just playing in can opener right now. So he's just playing in his uh, strive situation right now. Uh, is there anybody else who might be talking about this right now? Let's see. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. You know what? Screw it. I'm sending you guys the VG boot camp. You know... <laughs> That seems about right. <laughs> that seems fitting here. So please tell them all uh, we love them and uh, we hope things work out. But uh, God, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting couple of days. So I'll see you guys later. Peace out. Have a good night. Stay safe out there, everybody. And we'll see you guys next time on the Not Tuesday Show. Peace out.